Hello, this is Brian Tracy, and I've been in door-to-door sales all my life. I've written books and done audio programs, and I teach people all over the world in multiple languages how to sell and how to keep customers for life. And it's very important that you watch Waste No Day on Monday morning every single day because it'll start your week off with full energy and full enthusiasm, and you'll make more sales and you'll make more money and you'll be happier and more successful with Waste No Day. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you again and looking forward to a very special show today as we bring on Brian's mentor. That's right. Mr. Brian Tracy is joining us today. It's going to be a true honor to talk to him about just a mountain of sales, uh, industry knowledge, sales knowledge, and experiential data that he has for us. It's going to be great, and we are so privileged to have him on the show. Real quick, before we get to him, Brian and I are going to spend a little bit of time talking ourselves. We're going to look to Brian to start us off with a quote today. Successful people leap and know that the net will appear. Brian Tracy, of course. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Who else would I use? Yeah. Successful people leap and know that the net will appear. So to me, that means there's an inference that a successful person is choosing to leap at the right time. Like they're not just willy nilly, uh, you know, blind type of, Hey, if I jump out here, you know, magical things will happen. They're, they're taking calculated risks, almost like a, how do you call those people on the trap trapeze, um, gymnasts or whatever that are swinging from the ropes and type of thing. Like they, they are more confident in those movements because they know there is that safety net and that makes them, you could argue that makes them more successful. And so I think, you know, if I'm dialoguing about his quote here on a first listen to me, that kind of sounds like there's, there's a part of that that says they've become successful because they've chosen the right times or places or areas to do the leaping with the most predictability that a net will appear. I realize you would love for him to have been saying that, Nate, because that would make so much sense to you. It really wasn't. I mean, in context, it was it was a lot about um, true, like the biggest, most successful people being real risk takers, like being able to step outside of what they know and are comfortable with and enjoy and just take a leap. Um, and he he was talking about several people in particular in this book. Uh, man, I sure don't remember which book it was because I was listening on uh, listening to it on YouTube. Might have been No Excuses, um, but he was mentioning certain people who, the first f- several times they started a business, went into business. Guess what happened? Bankruptcy, crashed and burned. They went and did something they were not ready for, not prepared for, not built for, 
and crashed and burned. And then they went and did it again and they knew better that time. And he was talking about the, the need in many circumstances to, uh, fall on your face, even, you know, with the, with the, the, uh, trapeze artists, you know, you're, you're not going to learn to be conquer your fear of heights until you walk up on that wire and there's a safety net below you for sure, but you, you could still get hurt tremendously. And, uh, I don't know that these people had a real safety net. They just, maybe they, maybe they were so confident that they couldn't fail that they did, never thought they could fail and just went anyway and then failed. But they knew they, they just had to dust off and do it again. So his thing was way more about jumping and just know things are going to be okay. Yeah. I, okay. I understand what you're saying. And I would still say to some degree, you know, obviously it, it's his quote, so I, I don't want to argue with his, his ideas, but like there's, there's an element of the more that you fail. I mean, I, ideally you're learning more from that. Right. I mean, that, you know, you keep That's repeating what it was all about. the same. Yeah. Okay. You keep repeating the same mistake over and over again. And somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, excuse me, like there, <laughs> there should be a learned change of behavior so that you have the probability of more success the next time you go for the leap. Yep. But he, what he was kind of preaching against was the people who never take a risk at anything ever and never become anything. And these people, these are the people who become very miserable, very turn super inward. They're pessimists. They it's the, again, it's the can't catch a break guy problem for every solution. Me, me, me all the time. Why is everybody out to get me all the time? And I poor me, I'm such a victim. <clears throat> and they've, they've turned so inward out of fear of making any kind of move that they're, they're like, you know, Gollum Smeagol with the ring. They're just wrapped up in this thing. They can't see it. They can't. And they need people around them to tell them. And uh, what he was saying was like, man, you know, well, there's a Mark Twain quote, and I can't quite remember it, but cast the ropes off and set sail, you know, go, just take the risks, like do it, do something. Uh, oftentimes when, for what we're talking about, man, for me, what I see in, in techs and salespeople is go ask for the business. It's the biggest thing stopping you, whoever you are listening. It's such a high percentage of people who never once are, are walking out that door and, and just say, you know what? No, I'm turning back around. I'm walking in there and saying, why, why don't we just go ahead and, and do this? I got this on the truck right now. Why don't I just throw it in for you? Just give this thing a shot. You know what? How about this? Let's throw it in. If you aren't, if you don't love this thing, let's give it, let's give it five days. If you don't love this thing, I'm coming back Monday. I'm going to yank it out. I'm going to put it, everything back the way it was. And I'm giving you a total refund. Hmm. I'll figure it out with the shop. I'll talk to my boss. I don't care. This is how confident I am that you're going to love this thing. You want me to go ahead and throw it in for you? Yeah, like, I mean that's 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 a true jump right there. That's a leap, but that's that's the leap that's stopping most of the people listening to this show right now. You will not boldly walk in there and ask for what you 
know from experience they're going to love because you have so many clients behind you that were easy sales for the most part that ask you for it, right? That are in love with this thing. They've written books about you on Google and Yelp and everywhere else. So you know they'll be satisfied clients, right? That's that's a given. But the that slight fear of rejection and really coming outside yourself and going for broke is stopping you from being that passionate about this product to where you will absolutely sell that product. Now, if you got a good product, you got nothing to worry about, right? Because that thing's going to sell itself over and over every day. And whether we're talking about water treatment, tankless, um, some electronic filters and UV lights in the ductwork, some dehumidifiers or humidifiers, depending on where you're at and what time of year it is, or um, whole home surges or lighting or generator or new panel, whatever it is. If you have a good product, you don't have to worry about telling them, I'll come back and yank it out in a week if you don't like it. And so what if you have to go rip one out? Imagine how many more you're going to sell and how many more five-star reviews you're going to get for this if you actually started really coming outside yourself in that way and doing it. And then every now and then you got to take one back out. Like if your boss has a problem, like please call, call me if your boss has a problem with that. Shoot me a message on Facebook Messenger. I'll call your boss. I'll just talk him right through it. Don't worry about it. Now, if you go do it three times, you rip all three of them out, <laughs> bro, you're going to have to inspect your product, all right? <laughs> you're, selling <the> wrong <laughs> thing, probably. Uh, you're selling one of those uh, scale guard things that just wraps a freaking cord around the copper pipe. sets <laughs> a little green light on it. Yeah, it's, it's well said, Brian, and I'm pondering here, like, if you've ever been to a restaurant and you're like, ah, I'm not sure what I want to eat, and you, you just ask the waiter or the waitress, like, hey, you know, what's good here? There's two different answers to that. One is like, oh, you know, well, a lot of people really say that they like our seafood bisque or like, you know, I've heard really good things about, uh, you know, our Caesar, our Caesar wedge salad or whatever. That's, that's like third party reviews and they have a certain allure to them. And, and certainly there's merit to following what the crowd is saying. But when you have a waiter or waitress who sits down with you and says, dude, you need to get our prime rib. It will blow your mind. Your taste buds, your taste buds have never experienced the sensations and pleasure that you will get by eating this prime rib. I would literally break my bank if I allowed myself to eat it as much as I want to because it is that good. Now we are talking about somebody who has confidence in the product they are selling. And they have firsthand experiential data to tell you, this is my experience. This is my belief in the shared experience that I have, that I want you to have by tasting this meal. And so for some of you, that means you need to go install the product in your own home. Because that will allow you to move from the third party. Yeah, a lot of people like our wedge salad. A lot of people rave about our seafood bisque to the dude prime rib in my mouth is just going crazy experience when you communicate to your client. So go put water treatment in your home. Go put a surge protector at your home. 
go put indoor air quality in your home so that you can have that firsthand experience and you can communicate that more passionately and more confidently the next time you take that leap with a client. Yes, as Brian Tracy always says, his favorite and my favorite defini definition of selling, transfer of enthusiasm. Yeah. Sometimes he said a transfer of energy, which threw me off a little bit. It was like he'd be speaking live at all these different events and he'd be like, transfer of enthusiasm. And occasionally he'd go, transfer of energy. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> which one? You know what? Both of them. Right. <laughs> I like both of them. So I'll use both of them in training. Oh, that's a great point, uh, Brian. And actually, we've done an episode called The Transfer of Enthusiasm. It was one of our originals back with Jamie Mellinger. Uh, and so you can, if you're feeling feeling frisky and you want to go back for a stroll through memory lane, you can scroll all the way back through our episodes and try to find The Transfer of Enthusiasm, where Jamie Mellinger talks about how he uses his own enthusiasm to sell panels in the home. Speaking of enthusiasm, it's time now to highlight somebody who is enthusiastic about our show. And we are going to spotlight one of our reviewers today. Brian, who are we putting on the pedestal? We're going to do one more from YouTube, and then we'll get back to Apple Podcasts. Ten stars for Waste No Day. All Ten stars. Ten, Ten can stars, you, baby. Can you do that on YouTube? Uh, you can write anything you want. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no stars. There are no stars to give. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite podcast of all time. I listen to it over and over again. I've been a tech in the residential HVAC field for almost 20 years, and now I'm learning the sales side of the business as a sales tech, and I love it. Tampa HVAC. What's okay. the uh, name? At Tampa underscore HVAC. Well, we know some people down there. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Tampa HVAC guy. We, we or gal. You know, it's funny every now and then I'm like, I'm like, or she, but there's probably like three women that listen to the show, right? Well, it's, <laughs> it's not either of our wives or our nope. moms. So I'm not sure nope, nope, who nope, we have nope, left. Nope. Yeah. Maybe Coral Whale. Hey, Coral Whale, my tune. Coral's an avid listener. Yeah. There you go. We're going to get her on here too. She actually uh, was supposed to be on already. Also rescheduled. All these high, <laughs> high performers rescheduling on us, you know? Well, they got they're, things it's to like do. They're prima donnas at this point, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't be high performers if they weren't. So, nope, that's for sure. Uh, we appreciate you, Tampa HVAC, and anyone who throws us a review on any platform. Um, YouTube, I think we're trying to make a little push for it. I mentioned it last week. We'd like to get some traction on it. So, well, just text me on, on Messenger or somewhere, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, and let me know what we could put on there that would make you actually want to subscribe to the Waste No Day YouTube channel. Um, I don't think we're going to do full on video episodes, even though we actually do record video because we do not want technicians driving, listening to this show and sneaking a peek and something bad happens. It's just not worth it. So, yeah, I mean, imagine meeting God and the last thing you've seen is one of our faces. Like, it's just not, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> More concerned about people's safety, but yeah, that too. <laughs> Like, wow, that was a, at least it was a good contrast, you know, <laughs> hell, heaven. All right. <laughs> yeah. So we, we initially decided not to do video in the beginning because we didn't want to, you know, we released, we did this show for our own technicians 
which is where it started back in January of 2021. And we said we weren't doing video because we didn't want people sneaking a peek at their phone or, or tablet or whatever while they were driving. Cause this is when you're supposed to be listening and maybe releasing some clips and stuff I could see, but I want to keep that tradition going and not do full on video episodes. So that's probably what we're going to do, but let right. me know what you think. If you, if you want to see something on YouTube and it would make you want to subscribe to the channel and check it out every now and then let me know what you think and we'll, we'll see what we can do. Otherwise hit us up on Apple podcasts with the review, hit the five star button on Spotify. And more importantly, enjoy my mentor, the guy who had more impact on me than any other human being who's ever lived. Brian Tracy, although we've only met one time back in 2005 <laughs> and he would not remember this. <laughs> uh, he was at one of Tom Hopkins sales boot camps. That's where I met him. And uh, life was never the same after that. Well, we hope he has that same impact upon you as we put Brian Tracy in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Brian Tracy. He is a motivational public speaker and self-development author. He is the author of over 80, that's right, eight zero books that have been translated into dozens of languages and sold millions of copies all over the world. Some of his popular books are The Psychology of Selling, Eat That Frog, No Excuses, The Power of Self-Discipline, and The Psychology of Achievement. It is our great pleasure to have Mr. Brian Tracy join the show today. Welcome here, sir. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's a, an absolute pleasure to be with you. And I, I've still listened to your more recent uh, podcasts and stuff. And I know you don't love when, when the uh, hosts dote on you too much. And I won't. But I will say no single human being has had more impact on my life. And I would say the trajectory of my family than... You, Mr. Brian Tracy, number one. And number two, oddly, a compliment I've never heard you receive, but you should get credit for. I can, you're the one trainer I can go back and listen to your material from the late 80s or yesterday. And not only is it all as pertinent as it ever was, but I can totally plagiarize something you said 30 years ago and sound like a genius today saying, <laughs> and do, mind you. <laughs> well, thank you. I... Um, I started off knocking on doors, selling from door to door. My first, uh, my first job was selling Christmas tree uh, certificates so that I worked with the YMCA and you'd sell a, a certificate for $5 and the only way they could redeem it is they had to go to the YMCA Christmas tree lot and, uh, and buy a Christmas tree. So that was my starting point. And then I sold soap from door to door and then I sold lawn mowing services. I had a very good lawn mowing business. I bought the very best equipment uh, from a lawn mowing store, and I would was mowing the lawn of the mayor of the city uh, wow. because I was doing such good quality work. So I know what it's like to knock on doors and sell your services and then deliver. Um, that's basically my foundation. And so I know that your guys do exactly the same thing. So I've uh, put together a couple of ideas that may be uh, of help to them. Um, in what is always a competitive market, always a competitive market. <laughs> when does it get easy? It never gets easy. It's hard, nope. harder and hardest, but it's never easy. 
Yeah, we had as, about as easy as it's going to get probably in 2020, 2021, and half of 2022 when COVID really ramped up the home services industries. But now we're kind of just dwindling back down to, I would say, back to normal. So it's getting more competitive and, and salespeople, in-home salespeople are having to relearn how to differentiate themselves from their competition who are the kind of race to the bottom uh, estimators that are just going for the lowest bids. So certainly that's what, what we were hoping to talk to you about today as you're, a, you're an expert in, from what I can see, like everything, but uh, certainly sales being one of those things. Now, I, I was thinking of something with regard to your guys and I identify with them because I've, I've been there. One of the things which I say to my audience is I say, price is never the reason for buying anything and uh i have a thousand two thousand people and invariably they go oh, oh, oh that's not true price is everything all they care about is price 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 so i'll say well let, let, let me do a little exercise i say there's a thousand people here i say, I say is, there, is there a single person in this room who has a single item about their person that they purchased solely because it was the cheapest. Not a hand goes up in a thousand people. Nobody bought anything just because it was cheap. It had may have had other qualities, but cheap was never the reason. Now, most people, because the very first thing, question that people ask, especially in terms of home services, is the one word question, why, which I call is, much is it? much is it how much is it <laughs> all they ask is how much is it so it reminds me because right now i've got a 5200 square foot home and i'm having work done on it the roof the shingles the um, uh, various parts of the house uh, up and down and i've got a really good guy his name is johnny and he was recommended to me by my gardener and uh, johnny has done just great work and over the last couple of months, we've probably paid him $30,000. Uh, he bills us on a regular basis, his hourly rate plus cost of equipment and everything else. And we never ask him, how much is it going to cost? How long is it going to take? We know that Johnny is a good tradesman. He's a good, he's very capable and competent at what he does. And what he charges is what he charges. What we're concerned about is that he does good work and that that good work goes into the value of the house now when my wife and i got married many years ago we bought a house for the first time i never owned a house before so we bought this house and the inspector told us that sooner or later you're going to have to replace the shingles on the roof because the house has been up there for 20 years and the shingles are worn out and they're starting to leak and we said okay and so we bought the house and we moved in and then put this on our work list and we had to find uh, someone to replace the shingles now we don't know anything first time we ever had a house so one thing we did know is get three bids okay that's 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 how that's how sophisticated we were get three bids so what we did is we asked around we asked realtors and so on that we'd worked with and they said well here's three companies that uh, replace shingles there's company one company two but company three is very expensive they charge more than the others. So we said, okay, so we called company one, they came out, they walked around the house and they gave us a bid. Thank you very much, you know, 15, 20 minute deal. Second company, we came out, 
and uh, they uh, walked around the house, looked at the roof, and gave us a bid. The third company that came out, and I still remember this guy because of my previous two experiences. He came out and he introduced himself, shook hands. He came in and he said, how long have you owned this house and how long do you plan to own it? Um, uh, is one of your concerns to maintain or enhance the value of the house so that you could sell it for a higher price later on? Well, of course, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about how long we're gonna live there, but I said, yes. He said, well, let's go up on the roof and take a look at the situation today. I can't make an estimate from down here on the ground. So we got a ladder and we went up. We went on and he, and he showed me where I needed to have shingles replaced. And he showed me why and he pulled them up and he explained how water will start to get in here and it'll get into the uh, attic and, and, and so on. And so we went around it and he said, um, based on everything we've looked at, in order to do this job properly, it's going to cost this amount. And this amount was about 20% more than anybody else had bid us. But because we understood what we were doing, we saw it in the big picture in terms of the value of the home. If we had taken the time to get to know us, he had taken the time to go up and look at the roof and take me up and show me the roof and why it needed to be replaced. Uh, we felt so much more confidence in him. And so we hired him, we paid him the higher price. He did a beautiful job and we could see afterwards this is why this guy, this company is so successful, because they don't talk about the price. The price is what the price is. And they're not. this is not a, uh, an auction where you're going to bid the price down. This is, a, a, this is basically a business decision. And so people make the decision based on something else. The number one thing is how much they like you, how much they like you, how much they trust you, how confident they feel. And people will pay a lot for that. Um, just think of the doctor or the dentist that you go to today. Would you just say, well, I'm going to look in the phone book next time I need a doctor, dentist, something else. Or how about the person who cuts your hair? I mean, what happens is you, you keep trying until you find a relationship with which you're comfortable. And the person calls you by their first name. And the price is what the price is. And sometimes it's higher and sometimes it's lower, but the price is never the reason is how much they like you, how much they trust you, how much they believe in you. Now, three other things with regard to selling. Nothing happens till a sale takes place. This is the first thing, is that if you want to increase your income, you have to talk to more potential customers. We call this FaceTime. There's nothing that replaces FaceTime. If you're not happy with your income, talk to more people. Find more people. I've known people who've started off just knock it on every door in the neighborhood to ask them if they need this particular type of services or not. And when the person answers the door, they smile, they introduce themselves, they say that I specialize in this area and I believe I can dramatically increase the value of your home with my services. What do people want more than anything else when they own a house? They want it to be more valuable. They want it to be more attractive. And so therefore, you immediately switch the focus of the conversation off of price. They, they are going to ask the price, of course. But, but price, we, I've discovered it. I've spent 50 years on this subject. Price is a form of information. It's a form of information. It's to put this price, put this service in the context of 
other services, other costs, how much I earn, how much I spend, how much I can afford. Price is a piece of information. It's not the reason for buying or selling. So when a person asks you for the price, you say, could I come back to that in a second? First of all, I'd like to look at what we would be doing and where we would be doing it and sort of explain to you how we work. So that's, that is a, a special value. We have a special way of working with our clients and customers that's a little bit different from others. First of all, we want to establish a relationship. Second of all, we want you to hire us. And third of all, we want you to use us for as long as you own this house. Whenever you have a need in this area, we want to be your first choice. We want to be your only choice and we will do anything to earn your trust. And so then, so then you go in and you examine it like a doctor. Imagine if you had pain and you went to the doctor and the doctor said, you got a stomach pain, stomach pain. Well, nurse, bring me a scalpel. Let's get in there. Let's cut. <laughs> God, the person's crazy. So when you, when a person says, how much is it? And you say, it's this much. You say, oh my God, this person has no other reason for me to hire them except that they're willing to lower the price. No, your price is what your price is. You are an expert. You are a craftsman. You do good work and you do excellent work and you back up your work and you guarantee it. You say, if it ever, there's a problem for, the, for what I used to do when I started off, is I would give them a 30-day guarantee. And then I read a study that changed my life and changed my business. I now live in a multi-million dollar house in a, on a golf course in a beautiful neighborhood. And when I started off, I was running, I was living in a small condominium, 1,080 feet, I still remember. It had two little bedrooms and a living room and a kitchen. Anyway, so um, person asked me, would you guarantee it? I mean, I said, yes, I, I will guarantee that if you're not happy with my, in this case, seminar, uh, there'd be no charge. He said, why would you do that? I said, because I want you to know that I have confidence in the quality of the work that I do. He said, okay, on that basis, I'll hire you. This is a big company. I did a great job. I prepared thoroughly. I was on time. I did everything you're supposed to do in a, in a seminar. And uh, they wrote me a nice letter of uh, commendation afterwards. I used that and I showed it to other clients and I showed it to other clients and I got hired again and again. And then and people would ask me, how can we be sure? Because you're new or I haven't heard of you before. I don't know you. I would say, well, I'll guarantee my work. If you're not happy with the work for any reason at all, there's no charge. Now people say, oh, you can't do that because people will take advantage of you. No, people don't take advantage of you. All they want to do is be sure that they're going to be okay, that you're going to take care of them. So when you guarantee your work, I found an interesting study that was done that changed my life. And what it said was this, is if you give a 30-day guarantee, that will bring in a certain number of customers and you'll get a certain number of complaints. 60-day, 90-day, one year. If you give a lifetime guarantee, You'll never hear from them again unless they have a genuine need, in which case you will be so happy that they called you so that you could get out there. And when they call you with a genuine need, you're like a switchblade. I, I call it the switchblade response. <laughs> Wham! You're out there knocking on their door before they put the phone down. You are so eager to make them happy. 
Now, what is the number one source of new sales in your business, my friends who are watching? And the answer is referrals. Referrals are everything. So every person that you talk to knows five or 10 or 15 people. And those people know people who know people who know people. The most successful people in your field get referrals all the time. People call their friends and say, you've got to use these people. They're the best. Let me tell you what they did and how they did it and, and so on. They'll, we call it bragging on you. They'll brag on you because you did such a good job for them. Because what you gave them more than anything else was reassurance. You gave them confidence. You promised that you would do a good job and you stood behind your job. You unconditionally guaranteed your work. And every so often somebody will take advantage of you. But that's not the way that you live your life thinking, oh my God, there's somebody out there who might cheat me. No, 95% of people are damn nice people. They're honest. They're just like you. They work for a living. All they want is to be assured that you'll do a good job. And if you'll give them an unconditional guarantee, a year, whatever, whatever you can, give them the longest guarantee possible. The longer the guarantee, the greater the sense of comfort they have in hiring you and using you. And that's more important than a small difference in price. If you chop your price, what you're saying is that the only reason for buying from me is because I'm cheap. I'm cheaper than somebody else. And this gentleman who owed me the roofing, he said, everybody else charges less than we do. And we're fully booked. He said, and the reason is because we guarantee our work and we assure you that if ever there's a problem, as long as you own this house, you can call us and we'll be out there that day to resolve the problem. And wow, small difference in price, big difference in comfort. And so what you are selling is comfort. What you're selling is reassurance. What you're selling is warmth, friendship, trust. People want to know that you are their person. If they have a need, if somebody called me and said, I see you're having work done on your house, would you recommend uh, Johnny? I said, absolutely, I'd recommend him. I'd take him down there I'd, and introduce you to him because Johnny is a hard worker, he's competent, he, he's on time, he, he does all, all the good things. And we don't even ask him very much about the price. How much is it going to cost? We only want to know how much do we write on the check? What's, what's, the, what's the amount this month, Johnny? How much do we owe you? And, we, and he gives us the price and we know that his price is reasonable. So it's really important that you treat your customers with respect. Treat them like they're members of your family. Treat them like you care about them and guarantee your work because you, if you, if you, you are doing good work or you wouldn't be in this business. So don't be afraid to guarantee it. Nobody's going to take advantage of you. All they want is to be reassured that you will do good work and stand behind it. And that's more than, that's more valuable than the price. So those are my thoughts being a customer. I've had every type of work done on my house. I've had floors and I've had underground piping and I've had air conditioning and heating. I've had roofing and ceilings. I've had outdoors and indoors. I've had, uh, 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 what do they call them? Uh, on, the, on, the, on the roof, they catch the- Solar. Yeah, the gutters. Oh, gutters. The gutters, yeah. I've had, I've had everything done. And so I've got a lot, a lot, a lot of experience. And I've also spoken to good friends of mine who also own expensive homes and not one of them ever thinks about the price as being the sole determinant. 
the price is important, of course, especially if it's unreasonable. Uh, there's a, a natural tendency in supply and services for some people to gouge their customers. I hate to use the word, but the thing is we have comparisons. As we talk to two or three different people, we talk to people who own homes, and you get comparisons. And you know if a person's price is gouging. Uh, sometimes they think, well, if you live in a big house, you're probably stupid. This is, one of the, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. I started off poor, just like we all did. I started off knocking on doors. And um, I used to sell soap, and I had a little red wagon, like almost like a, like a Norman Rockwell painting. I pulled my little red wagon along with little boxes of soap in it, and I would put my wagon in between three houses, and then I'd go and call on three houses, and then I'd pull my wagon on to the next three houses. And anyway... And um, what I found is that poor people think that rich people are stupid. So I don't know where it comes from, but they have this idea that this person, oh yeah, they live in a big house and drive an expensive car and take vacations in Hawaii and Barbados, but they're stupid. So therefore, I can probably cheat them or I can overcharge them and they won't know the difference. Well, how did they get from you where we were working for, at Joe Jobs, because that's where we all start. How do they get there to being wealthy? Because they're stupid? Because they're stupid? Are rich, I used to say this to my audience, are rich people smart or dumb? And the whole audience would sit quietly for a second and they say, smart? I said, yes. Rich people, people who have a lot of money are smart. Treat them with respect. They work very, very hard to get to where they are. And so treat them with respect because They've been through more business dealings than you can ever imagine possible. What they look for is trust. What they look for is a good, warm relationship. And if you'll do that, um, they, not only will they hire you, but you will become their person. They will hire you and they will use you for your services whenever they need them. They wouldn't think of going somewhere else. Just like you wouldn't go to a different doctor or dentist or, or lawyer. Once you have one that you know and trust, that's your person. And uh, you call them up and they treat you with great respect. They fit you in for appointments and everything else. So if you'll do that, you're going to be very, very successful. But there's nothing replaces hustle. And I, I always say that he or she is a hustler. He or she is a hustler. And I mean that in a very positive way. Successful people are hustlers. Unsuccessful people are, you know, they make excuses and they go out for coffee and... Uh, the average professional salesperson uh, in the industry calls on an average of two new prospects per day. Two new prospects per day. Now, half are above, half are below. Well, if you, and, and I've worked with many people, and I've run this statistic past them, and many of them say, well, I, I, I only call on two new people a week. Two new people a week. Yeah, they say, I'm so busy. What are you so busy doing? Well, I'm doing my paperwork and I'm doing my preparation and, and getting all ready to go and, and so on. No, there's a rule that says there's no customers in the office. There are no customers in the office. If you're in the office, you are unofficially unemployed. You might as well go home, <laughs> pull the covers up over your head because you are a useless member of our economy when you're in the office. There's no customers there. Unless, of course, you can induce the customers to come to you, 
which is really stupid. You want to be there. You want to be physically touching, talking, where you're going to work and explaining what you're going to do and why you do it this way, which makes it far better for the customer than doing it any other way. You could say some people will use cheap materials. They'll use cheap nails. They'll do cheap shingles and so on. But and and it'll look great afterwards. But you're concerned about the long term value of your home, aren't you? Of course I am. Well, that's, that's what we're concerned with. We want to we want to be your supplier as long as you own this house. And when you get another house, we want you to take us with you and help and do everything possible to increase the value of your home. We see ourselves as value added. One of the things that I um, used to do in my speaking, because I used to speak, sell um, audio learning programs from the stage. And uh, I learned that if I sold enough programs, my, pros my, 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 my promoter, my organizer would get 50% of the profits. So I became very, very good at selling programs from the stage. And I charged uh, a fee for speaking, but the profits from my products more than compensated for the fee plus a profit. So I used to say to my uh, promoters, I say, I am free plus a profit. In other words, I pay for myself plus you make a profit afterwards. Once that got out, I was the most booked professional speaker in America. I was doing 70 talks for an average audience of 1,620 people. We were selling more product and making more money. Uh, many of my promoters became millionaires and bought beautiful homes on the lake or on the ocean because they made so much money because because their best speaker was a very was a very good draw was free plus a profit. And why do I tell you that story? Obviously, your people, the people watching or listening to this today are free plus a profit. And you have to understand that is the quality of your work is so important. You enhance the value of the home that you're working on more than you charge. It's, it is now worth more and sometimes substantially more. So, sometimes people will did not buy your house or lower the price that they offer for your house because it has need of the kind of services that you're providing. So in a, in a way, if you do good work, you're free plus a profit. And it's a, it's, a, it's a very subtle argument, but once a person understands that if I hire you, no matter what you charge because of the quality of your work, I'll make it back and more when I sell the house. And we did, we actually did. He never said, the gentleman who did our roofing, he never said, I'm free plus a profit. But that's what he convinced me of, is that if I hire him and pay him what he wants, he will do such a good job, I'll never have to think about it again. And I could even point out when I come to sell the house, which I did, is that we have a 20-year roof on that house. It's brand new, it's beautiful, put in by one of the best uh, experts in the city and uh, you'll never have to worry about it or think about it. We paid the money to have it done. So anyway, so th this, this is the way that you approach. You, you sell value. You sell value, not, not low price. You focus on the extra value that you can bring. You, I remember one, uh, one guy, a really good salesman. What he did is he, after he had spoken, he would say, and here's my business card, and it turned over, and he said, here's my home number. 
You see, you can call, here's my home number, or now this is before we had iPhones, and here's my iPhone number. You can call me anytime, 24 hours a day, and I'll be at your service. Just a little thing that he did at the end. He gave me his business card with his company name, address, and phone number. But on the flip side, he gave me his personal home number and said, you can call me 24 hours a day, and uh, I'll be out to take care of you. Just think, just as you're listening to me, you think, geez, I'd use that guy myself. And, and he delivered. He spoke with confidence and he delivered 100% of what he promised. And so this is very important for our listeners, our viewers, to understand that people don't buy because of price. They buy because of quality work. They buy because they like you and they trust you and you reassure them. And the best way for me was always to give a guarantee. And all my life, in my, in my company, we had 35 people, most of doing sales online by telephone and so on. And the one thing we offered that nobody else offered was unconditional lifetime guarantee. If ever you're unhappy with one of our programs, for any reason, you send it back and we'll give you your money back, no questions asked. Do you know how many we got back? Do you know how many we got back? We tracked them. One in 400. One in 400 came back. And almost invariably, it came back because they said, well, this wasn't exactly what I was looking for. I want something else in, in exchange. <laughs> in other words, you never get returns if you're willing to give sweeping guarantees and then follow up by doing a great job. So anyway, that's my, that's my contribution to uh, our friends who are watching today, uh, Brian and Nate, um, because I've been there. I've been there on both sides. I've been selling my services and I've been buying the services. That's awesome. And that's a heck of a contribution to our uh, to our plumbers, HVAC techs, electricians, garage door people, roofing people, pressure washing companies. We even have like uh, well-established professional handymen listening now. Um, if if we could ask something of you before we let you go, and I know we only have you for a short time, we, we're uh, somewhat famous in our trades because we do a role play with all of our guests. Would you mind doing a little role play with Nate as your customer and, and uh, Nate hits you with the, that's an expensive objection? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, buddy. You ready, Nate? You're nervous, uh, aren't you, buddy? <laughs> this is the big time here. The um, psychology of selling himself is about to <laughs> close you, my man. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so we'll, we'll just use a, a water heater if that's okay. Does that make sense, Mr. Tracy? What is the question? Would, what would you be selling to me? If I'm selling to you? Yes. Well, I've been approached by countless door-to-door -door salesmen, and I have, count, I have knocked on thousands of doors. I really know the business of, of cold calling, if you like. <laughs> and this is cold calling. Most of the people that we're talking to today are warm calling. There are people who have already you know, demonstrated an interest in their services. But in cold calling, the most important thing is the natural reaction is rejection. And so what you have to do is when you knock on the door for any reason or you go in to see the person for any reason, smile as though you're happy to be there. Mm. Smile and, and introduce yourself and ask their name. And then when they give you their name, use their name in the conversation. 
and you don't have to say it every second word, but use their name and make sure they know your name. That that does is it instantly builds a bridge. The most musical sound in the human language to any person is their own name. When you use their name, when uh, I go out to a restaurant you know, or a cafe or a hotel, the first thing I ask is, what is your name, please? And my children have watched this. When they were little, I would ask the waitress, I would ask the maitre d', I would ask the uh, anybody, I'd say, what is your name, please? And they would give me their name. And I would say, thank you very much, Bill, Nate, Brian, whatever the name was. And then whenever it was appropriate, I would use their name. And I used to joke that if you want to get the best service that is possible in any restaurant that you ever go to in your life, ask the person's name and use their name. Every time they come to your table, say thank you very much and thank them by name. And you will be astonished. The service that you'll get, the friendliness, the warmth, because most people look upon a server of any kind as like a piece of furniture and they don't ask mm -hmm. them their name they don't pay attention to them so always ask them now when i go out with my kids my kids always ask the person's name what is your name please and they introduce themselves and they're astonished at how, how good their relationships are with everyone so the first thing of all is get the person's name use the name and thank them for the name thank you brian thank you nate and then you've now built the emotional bridge and now you can say the reason i'm here today is i would like to uh, help you make this home more uh, beautiful more valuable um, at a price that makes sense uh, it's just as simple as that could be an opening especially if you're there because they have asked you to come there but before i can give you uh, any information about installation and price and so on uh, I need to ask you a couple of questions and then take out a pad. Never ask questions without a pad to write the answers on. Many people just wing it and you look like idiots because, because the, 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 nobody can memorize all this stuff. So have a pad, a pad, say, now may I write down your answers? They will always say yes and, and, and that reassures them that you're serious, that you care about what they're doing, and you want to be accurate. You don't want, and so you write down the answers, and you sometimes ask a double check on it to make sure that it's the correct answer, and how long they've lived here, and so on. And um, have you spoken to anyone else about doing this work? And yes, and, and what do they say? What do they tell you? And they'll tell you. They said this, and they said that, and they said, and always compliment your competitors. Always compliment your competitors. You always say, oh, he or she is a really good person. They are a really good company. They've been in business a long time. I, I really admire and respect them. Uh, they do good work. Uh, so always good mouth as opposed to bad mouth. Always good mouth your, um, uh, your competitors. And uh, that immediately takes away the negativity of working with you. And here's what you say. However, we do things a little bit differently from our competitors, which is why we uh, are really quite successful. And this is the difference that we, all, that we do. And show them the difference between you and the others, because that's the buying factor. That is why they will buy. This gentleman, I just still remembered, although it was many years ago, is he said, Can, let's go up on the roof together. He got a 
I think he grabbed a ladder from his truck and we went up on the roof and we walked around and he showed me what I needed to have done and he showed me what they would do and the difference between this and that and, and the others made their bid from the ground. They looked up and gave me a written bid. Well, <laughs> he reassured me that he really knew what he was talking about and then I learned later they're the most successful company in our city. Why? It's because they do to all their clients what he did to me. He built my comfort level to the point where I, the comfort was more important than a difference in price. So that's how that's how I would uh, approach it. Be friendly, be warm. When you knock on a door, a very important thing is step back, uh, just three feet, just step back three feet. So when the person opens the door, you're not right there. Just step back smile and introduce yourself and may I ask your name ah thank you very much and then you and then from there you're off to the races but it's really important people are, are, are today we are affected emotionally by other people and they say you never get a second chance to make a good first impression so remember that first impression now, now also look nice don't dress like a bum don't dress like you just shoveling manure or something like that take the time to dress nicely you don't have to wear a suit but for example I'm wearing a jacket this is by the way a tailor-made jacket made by um, one of the top uh, tailors in Hollywood and it costs more than your car um, <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always wear a jacket when I speak online when I do a zoom call why because it just shows that I'm really serious about working with you and so I'm not going to appear like in my pajamas um, even though I'm at home I'm going to appear like a professional and that's a small thing but it's a big thing people are very sensitive to how people turn themselves out so be, look good make sure your hair is cut properly make sure your shoes are shined make sure your clothes are clean and well matched and if possible just wear a light jacket um, like this because it says that you are a cut above, you are a cut above. You're 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 a little bit better, a little bit more classier, more trustworthy than people who show up like they just fell off a garbage truck, and uh, <laughs> say, "Well, I'm not going to." You know, the first impression is is lasting. Once you've made that first impression that stays for the rest of your interaction together and you can't make it up if you if you blew it in the first 30 to 60 seconds it's blown <laughs> it's it's like setting off a firecracker you can't unset it off uh, so th so so think clearly about when you start now here's two more things is the person who asks questions has control the person who asks questions hmm. has control if the person who answers questions is controlled by the person who asks questions. Now here's one of the greatest lessons I ever learned, and you've heard it from my stuff, is listening builds trust. Listening builds trust. Talking does not build trust. You can't talk a person into liking or trusting you, but you can ask them questions about their home and how long they've been here and, and how do they like the neighborhood and and um, would they recommend it to others? Do the kids go to school? And so, I mean, personal questions, which are not personal, they're just nice, friendly, neighborly questions, 
uh, give you a chance to listen. And when a person answers, listen intently. I, mean, I say, imagine that your face is a sun lamp and you want to give the customer's face a tan. And so you focus on the customer's face. You focus and you listen closely to the answer, which tells them that you consider the answer to be important. This is not a gimmick where you're trying to manipulate them. This is important. And say, may I write that down? That's another thing. When you, when you ask permission to write down something that the person said, they will always say, of course, but they will feel honored and valuable that, that you consider that their um, words to be so important, you want, you want to capture them on paper. Uh, so these are, just, these are just little things that I found. But remember, listening builds trust, and trust is the critical factor in making the sale. And so ask questions and listen to the answers and write them down and be pleasant. And, uh, and, uh, and before you do anything, ask if you can look around, if you can see the area where the help, where the need is going to be and, and have they had any, any experience in the past. That's very important. You, you have to know if they've used somebody else, a, a competitor um, in the past and, and what do they think of that? And uh, how did that work out? And um, what would you want to do more of or less of in the future? What would you want us to do more of or less of? And the more you ask these questions, the more you position yourself as a real pro and you make no effort to sell. Because what happens if you do all of these things properly, the person will say, uh, okay, uh, oh, by the way, much is it? And they'll ask you, <laughs> <laughs> they'll ask you how, how much it is. And you say, well, let me think. Uh, can you give me a few minutes to just sort of write out a, a couple of calculations and I'll give you um, uh, an accurate number? And they say, well, sure. In other words, don't just throw out a number without, without thought. Ask for a time to sort of calculate the number and think through what they've said and write it down and then give them the number. So this is a thought through number. This is not a, off the top of your head, how much can I get number? It's a number they can trust because you've thought about it and you've written it down and you've given it and say, this, this would be a fair price. You could get, and, and I remember this guy said, you can get this done cheaper by lots of other roofers. I said, but this is a fair price. It's, uh, it enables us to make a profit, but it also guarantees you that you get the finest work in the city. And I said, that's all she wrote. Price was not important. What was most important was the quality of the work and how comfortable I would feel afterwards. So these are some of the things we call it. We call this how how to how to get and keep customers for life. And the answer is that a customer, we say a customer once sold, bind them to you with hoops of steel. That's a line mm. line from Shakespeare. Bind them to you. Your friend once tried, bind him to you with hoops of steel. A customer who once buys from you, take such good care of them. Call them up, ask them if they're happy. Is there anything else that we can do for you? If you have, you have any problems or concerns, I mean lavish service on your existing customers, that's what will get them to buy again and tell their friends. So it's buy, buy again and tell your friends. Buy, buy again and tell your friends. And remember a referral is 15 times easier to sell to, according to the research, mm. than a new call. So the, what your job is, is to 
first of all, get the sale, but second of all, get the referrals. Get people who like you so much that they will um, actually uh, aggressively go out and um, tell their friends to use your services. Amen. That was awesome. Brian, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you today. We appreciate that you actually went over a little bit for us to finish that off there at the end. As, as for myself and for Nate and for the entire Waste No Day audience, we really, really, really want to thank you for a lifetime of service and giving back and building people and um, just everything you've done for for man, I want to say humanity at this point. Like if I, I I make a meme out of something or a, a little video reel on Facebook of something you've said a year ago or thirty years ago, and I post it online, and, and I just get people from all over the world in the comments saying what you've done for them over the over the years, and we just can't thank you enough for that, Brian. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I I have a a good ability to learn from experience and then to share that experience and. Uh, Thank you for your your kind comments. I appreciate that. Hey, that's a wrap for this show. Man, what an honor it was to have Brian Tracy on. Uh, He's not so much in the public eye anymore. You know, he's certainly uh, up there in years and yet sharp, sharp as a pencil on the show and all these concepts. It's just so ingrained in who he is and what he does. And so many of these things are fundamental to what it means to be a professional salesperson in any industry, much less in the home services. And I guarantee you, if you use the concepts that he talked about today, you will begin differentiating yourself in whatever trade or industry that you are in. This stuff is, it's fundamental, it's monumental in terms of what it can do for you and your career. And so we are just so thankful for Brian Tracy for coming on. We're so grateful for everything that he's done, not only for us, but specifically, I know Brian uh, has mentioned before that is uh, his mentor. It's the biggest per- person who has had an impact on his entire life. And so we're thankful that we had the opportunity to share his knowledge, or at least some of his knowledge, with you today. Make sure that you check him out and all of the books that he's written, all of his resources, so many good things there. It's excellent. And of course, you know, on this show, we encourage you to listen to other things, to be well-rounded, but to always be educating yourself because as is our weekly challenge, we want you to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. 